Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. This show was heard on WBCQ The Planet every Monday and Thursday evening, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Times are subject to change, but for the foreseeable future, that's when you'll be hearing the show. You can also listen to the show on numerous platforms, including TalkShoe, Amazon, uh, Spotify, Automatic, uh, and many others. I, I can just do a search engine and put Camp Constitution Radio, and you'll find the various platforms that this show can be heard. We are sponsored by Camp constitution which among other things runs a week-long family camp and a weekend family camp as well as ladies retreats and to learn more about us visit our website campconstitution.net now last week was the uh, guilty verdict in the jesse or jesse smollett hate crime hoax trial he was found guilty of five of the six felony accounts um, uh, and uh, in, initially he um, they weren't going to prosecute but this was just so such an outrageous uh, issue and there were and of course these so-called I use the term so-called hate crime because in my opinion every crime is based on hate Definitely not based on love. I've never heard of a love crime. I'm going to do something to you. I'm going to steal your car. I'm going to beat you up. I'm going to murder you. I'm going to rob a bank because I love you so much. But it's really the thought behind the crime. Uh, although what we saw was Smollett, his goal was to, one, advance his career. I really never heard of him. Uh, I understand that when he was a young actor, a little, I mean, a child actor, he was in one of the Mighty Duck movies, the hockey, kids hockey player, um, a hockey movie about kids. And I think I might have seen, saw one of them. Actually, the diner that's uh, featured in the movie uh, in St. Paul, Minneapolis, I've been, uh, I'm sorry, St. Paul, Minnesota, I've been in a couple of times. So that was about the only thing I like about the movie. Uh, so anyway, um, and... I think from the beginning of this um, of this uh, report that he that two two Trump supporters in uh, I don't know if it was downtown Chicago, which I've been to a few times, uh, he said uh, they were were MAGA hats. They call them all kinds of nasty stuff. You know, he's a homosexual and black, so they use those uh, various uh, nasty words to describe those two uh, types. And they poured bleach on him, and he fought back. But they, you know, they got the best of him, and then they put a noose around him. Well, Chicago, like most big cities, are far-left cities. Uh, yeah, there's conservatives that live in Chicago, uh, but you're probably not going to find them walking down the street at 2 o'clock in the morning in Chicago. Uh, and there are real hate crimes. There are real crimes that are motivated purely by hatred. But I want to give you an example of something that um, back in the 1980s in uh, the Rosendale section of Boston, there was uh, an older black couple walking down the street and a white guy, um, young in his 20s, I think, 
uh, had a baseball bat and called him all kinds of vile racist names and beat the black man. He survived, uh, uh, and they they caught the white guy. And for the actual beating with the baseball bat, he got like a six-month sentence. For calling him a black so-and-so and all the other nasty things he called him, he got five years. So the motivation was more important than the actual assault and battery. So if he robbed him, if he took his money and just called him these nasty things, or didn't he just took his money and didn't call him anything, just beat him. He was motivated by hatred, but he took his money, took his wallet. He probably would have only got a year or so in jail. So that's the to me that's the dangerous part of it. It's so what, what you know you're just it's almost like the thought police, a thought crime. If you think of, your your motivation is more is more important. So if you're just someone who's destitute, living on the streets, and you're robbing someone so you can buy drugs, that's not too bad. But if it's you're robbing somebody because you have a thought in mind that's not uh, politically correct, then then you're you're going to jail for the rest of your life. But uh, so Smollett hired two Nigerian bodybuilders to beat him up, but not too badly. And they, it was actually rehearsed the day before. And this man has the temerity to say he's innocent. He got there. He lied under oath. He lied to the, the American people. He lied to all of the uh, media outlets that were more than happy to tell us. They wanted to believe it. The joy, all the joy reads of the world, uh, the the view, uh, the Harridans on the view. Oh yeah, well this just all all Trump supporters are racist. Everybody's racist, 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 racist. And this, we just every white person, just about except for us who social who who virtue signal are racists. And this is the kind of thing that lead the the rhetoric, the Trump rhetoric leads to this. And on and on and on it goes. Uh, but people say I mean, not everybody was, uh, was was believing the lie here. They say, "Wait a minute now, come on! You're going for a, sand, a subway? I didn't even know subway shops were open that late at night. I don't know if there was any twenty. I've never known of a twenty-four hour subway. Maybe there is. And of all places, why would you get a subway sandwich? Why not something a little better? Uh, anyway, and the fact that uh, you know guys with Trump hats in downtown Chicago uh, at two o'clock in the morning on a very cold evening. Uh, to a yeah, the cold uh, like sub-zero weather, yeah, they just weren't buying it, and then leave a noose on him, and he keeps the noose on him, you know. So, uh, and then when he was acquitted, crickets. I don't hear anybody saying, you know what, we were taken. I think Don Lemon, Don Lemon, or Don Lemon was one. At least he, yeah, he was wasn't truthful to us. He didn't rant and rage. He didn't say. That Smollett, whether or not he tried to do it, he was promoting more race hatred and a race war. Isn't that, isn't that what – we know that the left wants a race war. And I said, well, what do you mean by that? Now, come on. You're, over, you're overstating things. If they didn't, why are they always pushing white races or races or white supremacy from Biden on down? All of them. Every chance they get. It's what they call a rush to judgment. They didn't know the facts. But they just automatically believe Smollett because they wanted to believe him, like they wanted to believe uh, Al Sharpton. And I want to point out a very important study. Actually, it was done in the 1990s. It was called Crying Wolf, Hate Crime Hoaxes in America by Professor Lard Wilcox out of the University of 
Kansas. I have a copy of the book. It's more like a, not really a hardbound book, but it's a, uh, it's just a number of cases and newspaper articles and commentary. Now, Professor Wilcox is a leftist liberal, but he's an open-minded liberal. And he would, when organizations are referred to as neo-Nazi and racist, he might look and just say, no, some are, but most are not. And, uh, for example, uh, he would defend the John Birch Society as some kind of anti-government entity. He said, that's so ridiculous. He said, they have a support your local police campaign. Why would an organization that wants to destroy the government of the United States support the local police? It's the far left that hates the police. And it's, it's becoming mainstream. Uh, and when Smollett first told everybody about this incident, oh, all of the lefties, all of the leftists purport Biden, Kamala Harris. Oh, this is a modern-day lynching. We can't have this in our country. This is Trump's. None of them retracted their statement. None of them said, yeah, we were taken by this guy. This guy, and we don't need this. We have enough problems in our nation. Nobody, they didn't condemn Smollett. They didn't, again, crickets, because they love the narrative, and they will do what they can to complete, completely uh, talk about this all they want. They don't want to be shown up for the frauds and lies that they are. Uh, you know, Biden, for example, uh, a leftist Democrat all his life, big government Democrat, um, the Democrat, uh, what's his name there, the former Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan, senator, that he was a colleague, what he, I think he gave an oration at his funeral. Uh, no one, no one takes him to task for that. They say, well, he changed. He changed his position. He's, he was no longer a a, a a Klansman. Well, maybe, but if it was a conservative, that may have had ties to these, uh, you know, these far, well, I'd say hate groups. And by the way, I don't look at uh, neo Nazis, fascists, and even Klansmen as far rightist. I looked at them as leftist because they want big government. They want to use the power of government to oppress people. So those folks aren't right-wingers. They're left-wingers. You know, they're, they're in the same, they may not like each other, like communist and Nazis, and I've, I've done shows on this over the years. They may be competition, but they're same, uh, they're, they're like, you know, Ford and General Motors. Uh, you know, they're competing. They're not opposites. They have vehicles that compete with each other. You know, they have certain, uh, Toyota, for, you know, Toyota and Ford, they both have certain vehicles that are comparable. And that's so they're not, they're not, well, a Ford and a Toyota aren't completely opposite each other. They're one, they're, they're similar. You know, one may be better than the other, and that's up to the consumer to determine. So that's how Nazis and communists operate, and that's how the far left operates. And, you know, all these southern, southern Dixocrats, you know, you just look at their voting records. Look at their voting records and you say, no, nah, they weren't conservatives whatsoever. They liked big government. Lyndon Johnson, for crying out loud, is an example, you know. Uh, and, they were, and he was a racist, even though he passed all kinds of, he passed so-called Civil Rights Act. And when he did, he said, we get the blank vote now for the next 50 or 100 years. That was his motivation. He didn't really care about people. In fact, these civil rights acts have actually harmed, in many respects, harmed the black communities. Look, the black community was strong. You, you had uh, uh, fathers, heads of households. You had two parents, mother and father, married, living together, raising families. And you know, they did suffer a lot of discrimination over the years. No one's I'm not denying that. Some people may, but I won't. 
but they stuck together. I think I, I think it was um, Walter Williams who said that the black family they survived slavery, Reconstruction, Jim Crow, segregation, but they're not. They, they but the, the family's not surviving the welfare state. It's being destroyed, and uh, you see all of these champions of its own destruction, and you see people like Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton has become a millionaire. As a, he's a millionaire race hustler, race hustler like Jesse Jackson. Jesse's probably getting a little old, and Al Sharpton's not young either. But Sharpton is now the sort of the go-to race hustler. Where Jackson seems to be not uh, not where he had been back in the 80s and 90s, and even in the 70s. And Lard Wilcox points out that race hustling and race mongering is very lucrative. Look at the Southern Poverty Law Center. They're a multi-million dollar organization. I think they were worth about a half a billion dollars, probably more. And they, they, they lie about people. They'll categorize uh, conservatives, pro, you know, people who don't support the homosexual agenda. If they're supposed to, their mission is to eradicate poverty in the South and expose racism, they don't, they, they have, they're, they're total ideologues. They, anyone to the, to the right of Lenin is their enemy. And they will smear people. They will smear good people. They, they go after black people as racists. That's how outrageous they are. And they're all white people at this organization. So what they do is they'll, um, somebody, you know, somebody paints a, a, a cross or a, puts up a cross on someone's front lawn, and they'll, have these art, and they'll scare the heck out of these, uh, these white liberals living in places like Newton, Massachusetts, or Brookline, Massachusetts, you know, or the Hollywood left. They love doing this. You know, promoting race hatred, and uh, and, and I think it's time the American people say enough enough of this nonsense. We're not going to have a race war. We're not going to let we're not going to let the deep state divide us. You know, we have too much in common. You know, I'm just finishing uh, reading um, Mary Graybar's books, 1619 Exposed, and the last chapters. Uh, uh, bit, you know, is it bitterness or um, working together? I think I, I don't have it in front of me, but and uh, you can you could just be bitter and hateful and resentful about some of the past indiscretions and some of the past uh, atrocities and crimes that may have happened five generations before you were born. You're going to sit there and stew in hatred and resentment and destroy the greatest country, or you're going to let's let's work together and make this country the best ever. Let's 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 raise the uh, standard of living for all Americans. Let's not put people in ghettos. Let's not destroy people's reputations because they disagree with you. Uh, and I think that's – the book ended on a positive note. So um, I do encourage uh, that book, Hate Crime Hoaxes, which, again, I, you can find on Amazon. And I'm sure that uh, this can be a lot of um, – there'd be lots of additions. Uh, but I know I, I went into the TN of, and By the way, he, Wilcox did point out, that a lot of the hoaxes were not initially designed to um, be ra- create race hatred. It was, in many cases, designed to cover indiscretions. For example, the Tiana Browley case, she was supposed to be home at a certain time, and she wasn't home at a certain time. She was out with her boyfriend, and instead of saying, I'm out with my boyfriend and take the punishment, uh, being grounded or whatever it was, uh, no allowance, she said, I was raped by white policemen. Oh, that, they'll buy that one. And she, you know, they know that that, that that will be acceptable. And then old Al Sharpton gets on board, and he makes a big case of it. 
and it makes national news and causes resentment and yeah white policemen that's all they do is when they're not beating black men they're raping black women and we just need to destroy them and they're bad uh there was a i think it was a rugby uh team and uh, i think it was a college in north carolina they uh claimed that they gang raped a, a black woman and of course it never happened but everybody all the lefties want to believe the brush to judgment it must be because they're white and that's all white white people do is they rape in fact if you do a little research on white men raping black women i think it's just about zero or next to zero um very few if any uh so uh so a lot of a lot of the people say nah we know this isn't true this can't be true you know it doesn't add up um but then they make a big deal of it now there are white people unfortunately that will do similar things uh we had a case in boston where a man murdered his wife and he said he was murdered by blacks and he ended up committing suicide when they when they realized that he was lying uh and there's other you know there was over the years we've heard these things too when they're covering up their crimes and they'll say oh well it was a, a black man this or a couple of blacks did this that's equally as wrong and i will condemn it and if uh, you know i hear about specific cases i will do what i can you know my limited abilities as uh, doing this show to expose it um so it works both ways because of our sin nature and i want to point out to my my dear friend reverend stevie Kraft, our camp chaplain he doesn't say that we and, and he by the way here's a man that grew up in a sort of segregated new, new jersey not by uh, what he called uh de facto, not de jure, not by law, but just by some of the things that were done. You know, uh, anyway, uh, his father could never get a promotion and, and all these things, and, and he suffered under, he doesn't have a hateful bone in his body. If anyone has a right to be resentful, it might be someone like Reverend Stevie, but no. He said, we don't have systemic racism. He said, we have systemic sin, and racism is just one of those. And there's an idea that only white people can be racist because only white people are in a position of, of power and authority. Huh? I remember some white liberal articulating that position on a radio show. It was a sports, it was a sports show. And he co-hosted with a black gentleman who was a conservative Christian. And, uh, and here was the black gentleman saying, no, no, no. He said, white, black people can hate and can be racist too. No, don't, this idea of position of power. I mean, you, you're walking down the street at night by yourself a, a, a little old lady with a pocketbook and a black guy he's in a position of power uh, over this little old white lady so don't give me this all oh, it's only people who own property own businesses black people can discriminate black people can hate and i i told i i i tried to call in i i, did, I think i did call in the show once and i said i have to i have to take exception exception with that statement and i said i've got i've got a scar on my back from a knife wound that, that begs to differ with your position when uh, when I was assaulted many years ago in the early uh, when I was in the army, you know, killed the white blankety blank. Tells me that there's a little bit of hatred involved there. They didn't say, oh, kill this man because uh, we don't like the way he his his boots are tied. You know, no, kill him because he's a whitey. And that and that's uh, I said. So again, I said I, I beg to differ. And uh, growing up in Boston during the height of forced busing, I saw a lot of I saw racism on both sides. In fact, there was an example one time I was uh, driving my 1966 Ford three on the tree van down the street, uh, River Street in Hyde Park, and there was a gang of white people, white students mainly, 
and there was an old black gentleman waiting for the bus, and I and I no doubt knew some of these white people, and they were throwing rocks at him, and I told him to jump in the van, and he did, and I'm getting rocks thrown at my van, and I'm being called, uh, I guess you can imagine what a white person is called when they try to help a black person, uh, if you're a white racist. So I drove him home. He lived about three or four miles up the road in the Mattapan or Dorchester section of Boston. And, uh, yeah, and I was a little shaken up, which I could understand. And I was a little shaken up having rocks thrown at me uh, in my van. Thankfully, they didn't hit the uh, they hit the van, but there was no damage done. A couple of little bump but, uh, dents, but nothing. It was a kind of beat-up van anyway. And coming back, I got blacks saw me. Black people were saying, kill the whitey. There's a, he's a whitey. Kill him. And thankfully, they didn't uh, get it. I just blew that red light and got out of there getting rocks thrown at me. So I had I caught it from both sides. It's ugly. But it's been my opinion that the what we now call the deep state promotes race hatred. <clears throat> I'll give you another example. Uh, in the height of force busing in Boston, the neo-Nazis shows up. They showed up. Big old bus, all stencil. Yes, we do hate neo And these neo-Nazis, so-called, came out of this bus dressed up in these immaculately attired SS uniforms, something they get you know, from a TV set if doing a World War II movie. And they, in my opinion, they work hand-in-hand with the far left because the neo-Nazis are far left. In fact, uh, our late friend Sam Blumenfeld authored a book, uh, unpublished, and it was entitled How the Communists or the Far Left Created the Neo-Nazi Movement in the United States. That is available on our website, the Sam Blumenfeld Archive. If you go to our website, campconstitution.net, and you go to the Samuel Blumenfeld Archive, there's a, uh, and all we need for, for, for that is, a, is an email address and a username. I think you'll find it under manuscripts. And it is 500 pages, double-spaced, and unpublished, uh, lots of lines and notes. In fact, it was Robert Welch who um, asked Sam to write this book in the early 60s. Uh, and it was a lot about George Lincoln Rockwell, the head of the neo-Nazis, who was assassinated. So I think it was after he was assassinated or shot in 65 or 66, but Mr. Welch didn't like the book, and Sam just put it on the shelf, and he gave me the manuscript four or five years before he passed, and he said, you know, do what you want with it. And it's a lot of work to edit it down, and uh, but we made it available. And anyone out there is interested in editing it, we'll publish it, but um, it's just a lot of work. You have to... Uh, and I know there are PDFs, the software that can take a PDF uh, and, and then be able to edit things, but I think because it's it, it's uh, it, it was typed and it was pretty old, and I think it's going to be really hard to, um, to for a, a software to get into that. But anyone who wants to take up the project, contact me. Just go right out, right to our website and say, "Yeah, I'll help." Uh, we don't. Uh, we're a nonprofit. We can't pay anything, but we'll. You know, if you're interested and see that, you think it has merit and think maybe, uh, you know, this should be made available in a book form or at least edited form, uh, an edited PDF, uh, let me know. Um, well, we got about eight minutes left. Uh, I, I want to, again, encourage people to learn about these, uh, the history of hate crimes and uh, don't fall for this stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, and... Uh, when it comes to Smollett, I heard some people say, yeah, 
put him in jail for the rest of his life, throw away the key, or execute him. No, I don't think so. He probably won't do any jail time. Uh, I know it costs the state or the city a lot of money uh, with a, state, a city like that that's deep in crime, murders and robberies. The police had to have a special investigation and take a lot of time and resources to investigate a hoax and a fraud. And I don't know what the, the cost of that it was in the thousands of dollars in manpower hours and also the trial. He should have just fessed up and said, yeah, it was a hoax, and then admit he was guilty. But he pled not guilty. That, that really makes it worse. It, it's almost like he has a right to promote a hate crime. So I think he should, in my opinion, I don't think he should go to jail for the rest of his life, but I think he should definitely uh, do, some, do some time. And I'm not a real big fan of putting people in jail for um, – you know, crimes or where there wasn't anybody harmed. But I think he may have harmed a lot of people. If you look at all these crimes that could have been prevented by the police instead of spending time dealing with his hoax and lie. Uh, but that will be up to the judge to decide. And um, I hope that he, I don't know if he'll learn his lesson or not. He needs Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. That's the bottom line, folks. I know some people don't want to hear that. But uh, if he was a true born-again believer, he wouldn't have to put up with that. He wouldn't have all that resentment and hatred in his heart. He wouldn't uh, feel a need to do this. Uh, he probably wouldn't be maybe getting a lot of roles in Hollywood. Um, and I really don't know, again, much about his career. Uh, but he would have peace, and he wouldn't. Uh, and he probably would be a good ally instead of somebody who has declared himself to be an enemy of this country by promoting this uh, false narrative and promoting race hatred. I think there's enough hatred in the world. We don't need to manufacture it. So, uh, and uh, just a just a few days ago, we held our little Christmas gathering at the Lane House in Lexington, Massachusetts. We didn't have a big turnout, but I gave a um, end of the year report or Camp Constitution 2021 report. Obviously, we still have a few weeks left in this year, and some exciting things are developing. Um, but it was up in Reverend Craft gave a, a presentation titled the reason for the season and he had a um, he read a little article by peter dr peter hammond and uh talking about santa and jesus and we get five minutes so I'll, I'll read it i think you might appreciate comparing santa with jesus however if we to compare jesus with santa it would be no contest santa reportedly lives at the north pole jesus is everywhere Santa rides on a sleigh. Jesus rides on the wind and walks on the water. Santa comes but once a year. Jesus is an ever-present help. Santa may fill your stockings with toys. Jesus can supply all your needs. You have to stand in line to meet Santa. Jesus is as close as the mention of his name. Santa may let you sit on his lap, but Jesus lets you rest in his arms. Santa has to ask you your name. Jesus not only knows your name, he knows your address too. He knows our past and our future, and he even knows how many hairs are on our head. Santa has a belly like a bowl full of jelly. Jesus has a heart full of love. Santa says, ho, ho, ho. Jesus offers help, hope, and heaven. Santa says, you better not cry. Jesus says, cast all your cares upon me, for I care for you. Santa needs little helpers to make toys. Jesus himself gives life, heals wounded hearts, repairs broken homes, and prepares mansions for us in heaven. Santa may make you chuckle, but Jesus gives you the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. 
While Santa may put gifts under a tree, Jesus is the greatest gift, and he gives us the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Make this your best Christmas ever. Jesus is the reason for the season. Wise men seek Christ. Give Christ your time, talents, and treasure, your hands, feet, lips, heart, and life. Give him your worship, obedience, sacrifice, attention, and adoration. To obey is better than sacrifice. To do restitution, be reconciled to your friends and family. Be generous, be grateful, recognize the many evangelistic opportunities around you. Give God the very best that you have. Do not waste your life on the empty boxes of the world. Do not settle for less than God's very best. And from the Bible, seek uh, from the Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteous, and all these things shall be added unto you. So um, I might, I'll probably be doing a show on the hijacking of Christmas or the war in Christmas. Uh, and I'm going to finish this, i get another paragraph. Today, there are numerous attempts to hijack Christmas from its Christian origins and to replace Jesus with some secular Santa Claus. The original St. Nicholas, on which Santa Claus is based, was a dedicated Christian who was generous to the poor. That was the inspiration for Santa Claus. However, today Hollywood has built up a huge mythology of a secular Santa Claus that is far more acceptable to secular humanists and atheists than the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, Reverend Kraft made a really excellent, profound point when he was discussing our legal case at the, with the Supreme Court, our lawsuit against the city of Boston. When he mentioned the ACLU and the Department of Justice, the Biden Department of Justice, which is really more of a um, department of injustice, not to say there aren't some good people in that system, but it's not being used to punish the wicked for the most part. It's used to uh, oppress the righteous. Um, even the ACLU and the Department of Justice had to concede and say, we have a right to fly that flag. And he said that even even the God's enemies have to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord and Savior. <laughs> I don't know if they're basically acknowledging that, but they, they're acknowledging that we are right and our case is right. Well, we only have a few seconds left, so let me say uh, thank you for listening to Camp Constitution Radio. And until next week, may God richly bless you.